Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah chapter 36 that we're going to study today. Uh, and I am Saul Weiner, your host for the podcast. This chapter begins a series of several chapters that are very different from the previous ones. On only a few small occasions until this point in the book of Ishayahu, we have found a narrative, Ishayahu telling a story. The last time we had it was when he discussed the conversation that he had with King Ahaz, um, when Ahaz had capitulated to um, the Assyrian kings and, um, and refused to listen to Ishayahu to stand up to Assyria. Now, the next couple chapters, we're going to find a narrative of the new king, Ahaz's son, Chizkiyahu, who was now the king, and what happened at the time when Sancheireb, the new king of Assyria, attacked uh, Yehuda, attacked Judah, and laid siege to Jerusalem, the capital where Chizkiyahu sat as king. So, we're um, going to read this story, and it's a story, but it is packed with um, the... This is, I guess I could say... The story really carries the message of how Yehuda and its and the belief and the religion of Judah, the religion and belief in God, is something which in the ancient world was a was a new concept, a completely new concept, and a totally different concept of what others thought of as God. And more than anything, this story kind of brings out that idea and that understanding. Chizkiyahu, um, as is recorded in many places in Tanakh, and in fact there's archaeological evidence to demonstrate this, Chizkiyahu was a righteous king who <clears throat> was loyal to God and faithful to the Torah. And he was, uh, you know, as far as we know, uh, he was a just king and he, and he asked all the people to worship God only and he fulfilled the words of the Torah, which were to destroy all of the um, the Bamot, all of the other altars around the entire kingdom, and told people to only come to the temple to offer sacrifices. That sacrifices that God was not and, and one of the I, one of the main ideas behind that was is that more sacrifices isn't what God wants. What God wants is for people to come together in one place to come together in one place, whether it's an actual place or together in a, in a spiritual place where people can work together towards one common goal. Now, um, this is a concept and an idea which was foreign to people back then who viewed gods as there being many gods and viewed sacrifices as something which uh, was meant to appease the gods in order to get their favor and to have them fight for you on your side, which is an extremely different concept. So let aside, let's begin with, with verse 1 in chapter 36. It was in the 14th year of And this is approximately the year 703 or 702 before the Common Era. Um, in 705, Sargon, who was the previous king of Assyria, who had um, uh, we had discussed before, had died in battle. And it was, thought, and many of the small kingdoms felt that Assyrian kingdom would lose its strength and become less mighty. So they decided to rebel and stop paying tribute to Assyria. Because from the time of Ahaz, 
Yehuda was a vassal state to Assyria because Ahaz, Chizkiyahu's father, had started paying tribute to them. Chizkiyahu, along with many other kings in the area, decided, hey, now that Sargon is dead, Assyria is going to go downhill and we don't have to pay them any more tribute. Well, uh, very soon after Sargon's death, Sancheirev, the next king of Assyria, came to power and, and he managed to reconsolidate the power of Assyria and go on conquering all those lands which were rebelling. And he came to Yehuda as well, and this is what we we're reading about now. So in this time, Allah Sancheirev Melech Ashur, Sancheirev the king of Assyria, came al Kolor Yehuda Habitsuros, Vayit the same. And he came to capture all of the fortified cities of the entire kingdom of Judah. And uh, however, he came, the capital, Jerusalem, he laid siege. Vayishlach Melech Ashur et Rav and the king of Assyria sent his messenger named Rav Shakeh, who, as we shall see, was most likely, and the rabbis uh, believe that, uh, write this, that Rav Shakeh was a Judean apostate, someone who had been from Judah himself but went to the Assyrian side um, to fight for Sancheirev. So he sent him Milachish from the, what was then the large city of Lachish, which had fallen and to the invading Assyrian forces. It was a major city in Judah, not Jerusalem. The ruins and of this battle and the remains of the city of Lachish and the siege ramp that the Assyrians built in order to conquer Lachish and, and get past the walls of Lachish are still are visible today in archaeological excavations that are very, very much worthwhile going to see in, in, in Israel today. But <clears throat> the destruction of Lachish was done and now it was time to go and capture the capital city of Jerusalem. And he sent Rav Shakeh, Yerushalayma, to Jerusalem, El-Melech, Al-Melech to the king Chizkiyahu, Mechel Kaved, with a heavy and large army, Vayamod b'to'olasa b'rechoha al-yona, and he stood at the, at the um, uh, uh, canal of the upper pool, b'msilat k'sdeh in the path of the field, uh, of the washers, the same location that the conversation between Chiz, uh, um, Yishayahu and Ahaz took place back uh, in the earlier parts of this book. Um, so Chizkiyahu, the king, sent messengers out to greet Rav Shakeh and to hear his message. So who did he send? El Yakim, the son of Chukiyoh, Asher Halabayit, Veshevna HaSofer, and Shevna the scribe, presumably to write down the um, occurrences, Viyoach ben Asaf, and Yoach, the son of Asaf HaMazgir, who was the announcer. So it was his position to announce the messages of the king. They went out, so he sent his three high officials to, to um, receive the message of Rav Shakeh, the head of the Assyrian army. Vayomer Aleim Rav Shakeh. And Rav Shakeh said to them, Imruna al this is the message that I want you guys to say to Chizkiyahu, your king, as follows, quote, Ko amar ha-melechagadol So says the great king, the king of Assyria, Ma What is it that you have faith in? You guys have faith in something. Why in the world do you think that you are so strong that you're going to beat the king of Assyria? In his mind, He's saying, you don't have any allies. You don't have anything. You don't have any strength. Look at the might of the Assyrian army. How in the world do you imagine that you're going to stand up to the might of the Assyrian army? Why are you rebelling? Capitulate. Give in. 
I've been thinking, well, you know, sometimes people um, say things, and they give all kinds of advice and strong ideas for war about how we're going to win the war. But now I don't understand. He's speaking as if he's speaking as the king of Assyria, speaking in his name. Why and on what are you having this faith that you are rebelling against me? Are you having faith on that? A support staff made of reeds, which just punctures you on Egypt. In other words, do you think you have allied yourselves with Egypt? Do you think Egypt is going to stand up for you? Egypt can't be trustworthy. Like if you lean on a stick and it's made out of reeds, it's going to crack. And if anything, all it will do is poke your hand. The Egyptians, everyone knows they're unreliable. You're relying on them. I show you some mechish love when a person leans upon this un- unworthy uh, staff. The only thing that happens, it will poke his hand and make a hole in his hand. Whoever relies on Paro, the king, on Pharaoh, the kings of Egypt, they just they always get stabbed in the back. And if you're going to tell me. You have faith in your God that He's going to rescue you. Hello, who Asher Hesir Chizkiyo at Bamotav yet Mizbechosav? Chizkiyo just took down all the altars in the whole kingdom of that God, bringing sacrifices to Him. So maybe He would have defended you, but Chizkiyo now took all of those sacrifices away. He took even the, if there's no more sacrifices to Him from all those Bamot from all of those altars, then how in the world do you think He's going to help you? This is something that just shows how they thought. Well, if they all think, every, all the nations have gods. So, and what do they want? They want sacrifices. They want to be appeased. What kind of a stupid move did Chizkiyahu make by taking them down? They couldn't even conceive of a god that is completely different than anything they ever imagined. A god that created the world. A god that actually cares about how people behave, that actually wants a certain type of behavior from us, rather than a God that just wants to be appeased. And Chizkiyo said to Judah, You only have one place to come and bow. This God, he's not going to defend you anymore. He's going to be mad at you guys. And now, you know what? And he starts taunting them. I'll make you a bet at Adoni HaMelech Ashur. And my, my master, the king of Assyria, wants to make a bet with you. I'll give you 2,000 horses. If you can find me among your people, even 2,000 riders. In other words, I have the horses and I have the men. You don't even, if I gave you my weapons, which the horses are weapons of war, you couldn't even muster up 2,000 riders to ride them. That's how much stronger we are of you. How could you even stand in front of and answer even one of the lowly officers of my, my master's army, the king of Assyria? And you're going to have some kind of faith in the Egyptians that they're going to come and rescue you with their chariots and horses. And do you think that I have marched against you without your God. 
that I came here to destroy you. He's saying, I, the king of Assyria, because he's speaking on his behalf, he, God, your God himself told me, so go to this land and destroy it. Most likely he was just saying this in order to taunt and scare. In other words, just saying, you think you have a handle on this God? God tells me this, God tells me that. Your God told me to come here and attack you. So forget it, guys. You have no hope. So what was the answer? So this was the speech that he said in order to demoralize and encourage the people of Jerusalem to capitulate and give in to the king of Assyria, hopefully inciting some sort of a rebellion among the people that they could just rebel against Chizkiyahu and have him executed so that Assyria would win without having to expend all those forces in war. And the three emissaries of the king Chizkiyahu said, El Rabshokei to Rabshokei, they kind of wimped out here. They said, don't speak, don't speak in the, we understand, speak to us in Aramaic, in your language, because we understand that language. Don't speak to us in Jewish, in the Jewish language, in Hebrew, in front of the nation that are standing here watching. The nation, the people are watching, you're going to demoralize them by speaking these words. This is really kind of, I don't know how else to say this, other than they kind of wimped out, you know? You know, like begging, you know, don't speak Jewish because the people will understand. Speak it to us in your language so that, because we know it, the people won't understand at least. In other words, they understood that this kind of rhetoric could could work against the people. Bayoma Rav and Rav of course, laughed at them. You think... The, your, my master sent me to you and to your king? No, my master is much smarter than that. The whole point was I wanted to speak to the nation. I want to make them scared. I want them to see that you guys have nothing to rely on. Because they're sitting in the cities and starving to death and eating their own, their own excrement. That's you, you, Chizkiyahu, are causing them to live under siege, under terrible conditions, and, and you're standing up against such, such terrible odds. I want the people to hear the message so that they rebel against you. Vayamod Rav and Rav stood up by Yikrabikol Gadol Yehudis, and he screamed in a loud voice in the Jewish language, Vayomer Shimu Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Ko Amar HaMelech, so says the king of Assyria, Al Yasi Lachem don't let your king Hezekiah, your king Chizkiyahu, convince you, Ki lo he cannot save you. Ve'al Yavtach Etchem, Chizkiyahu El Adonai Lemar, and don't let Chizkiyahu cause you to have faith in God. Hatzel Yatzi Lenu Adonai, because God is going to save us. And he's saying that, no, don't worry, don't worry. God will not allow this city to fall into the hands of Assyria. Don't listen to your king Hezekiah. So says the king of Ashur. You guys, people, make with me a, a, a um, peace. Come out to me. I'll give you fields, I'll give you places, vineyards where you can eat and from your own fruits of your own labor. And you can have your own wells. And the practice of Assyria at the time was to, when he conquered a people, was to kill the king and exile the people so that, so that to another land, so that they didn't um, 
have the ability to have another nationalistic uprising, so to speak. So, I'll take you to another land, just like the place here. A place where you can grow grain and grapes and, and produce bread and vineyards and so on. Do not allow Chizkiyot to convince you and say, Adonai Yatzileinu, that God will save us. Had any of the other gods of any of the other nations saved those nations from the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of these other, these other nations that we conquered? Hamat and Arpad. Where's the king of Sepharvayim? Did God save your own brethren, the northern kingdom, from me? None of their gods worked. They didn't listen. They didn't do anything. Who among all of the gods of all of those lands saved them from my hands? That you should think that God has power to save Jerusalem from my hand. And the people were quiet and did not answer him. Why? Because Chizkiyahu wisely told the people, do not answer. This is the smartest thing when, when faced with such blasphemy, so to speak, was faced with such a speech. If you engage in argument, you only get, make it more likely to get drawn into the argument. Chizkiyo said, don't engage him in argument. Don't listen. And the people listened. They were faithful to Chizkiyahu. The people of Jerusalem were faithful. And they stuck with it. And they listened to his command and did not answer. And the three messengers came back to the king. They came back with torn clothes because they were sad. And of course they were scared. And they relayed what happened and what occurred and what the speech was that Rav Shekeh gave them. We'll continue this narrative and the story in the next chapter 37. Thank you so much for listening and studying with us chapter 36.